Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Thanksgiving edition of If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter Ogle. Happy Thanksgiving, turkeys. Gobble, gobble, gobble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool times. Cool. Hello, everybody. Best holiday. Well, second best holiday. I love Halloween, but I love Thanksgiving because we just eat food. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mine's Christmas because it's pretty with lights and stuff. It's too cold. It's 40 out right now. I know. It's getting there. Super gray right now. But yeah, we have uh, an eventful week coming, but what did we do this past week? Um, You made me go see one of those superhero movies. Yeah, that you said last week, I believe, said that it was going to be like every superhero movie you've ever seen. And do you feel still still feel that way about the Marvels? I would say umbrella-wise, every superhero movie is the same, because that's just how it is. But I did feel the Marvels was different. I liked the diversity. I liked the female stars, female villain. And I think it was actually a good movie. Were there a couple things that I was like, don't like this? This is stupid. Of course, but I'm, I'm me, I'm always going to see that. Yeah. So... But I would say watch it. I mean, if you're a Marvel person, watch it. I really don't know what the complaint could be unless you're just like a sexist (laughs) a-hole, to be honest. Because what is it? Is it the same as all the other ones or is it horrible? Because if it's the same as all the other ones, how could you not like it? And if it's the same as all the other ones, the only difference is it's led by females. So... The thing if it is, walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. There's there's people that uh, they will they're coming after this movie. Um, there's a sect of people that are coming after this movie, and and not because of being sexist sexist that is uh, run by you know led by three females. Uh, it, it, there's people that are coming after it because it's not Endgame, or it's not Infinity War, or it's not uh, Black Panther, or it's not Iron Man, and my. Why my, would it be those things? My counter argument to that is is that Marvel is 33 films in now. It is totally acceptable for them to make a movie that's a C plus B minus movie. Everything they make doesn't have to be a home run. In baseball, when a baseball player gets up to bat, sometimes they get a single, sometimes they get a triple, sometimes they get a double, sometimes they strike out. This was not a strikeout for Marvel, in my opinion. This was at least a double at best. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it was any better or worse than any other Marvel movie. I mean... If you're comparing it to, like, Endgame, that's stupid, because Endgame is a culmination of multiple movies and multiple characters, so that doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, but there's people that will compare it to... No, I get that, but but to me it doesn't make sense. They'll compare it to the movie that came before it, being Captain Marvel, the very first Captain Marvel, and saying the the drop-off between the two being so much considering the first one made over like a hundred million its first weekend. And the thing is, is that we're in a different era of movie now. Like you and I have gone to the theater quite a few times since, since the pandemic, we go for, we go for a lot of things. We go for a lot of things, not just by ourselves. Sometimes your parents go with us. Uh, But the thing is, is that the time that we have actually seen a packed theater, I can only think of, Spider-Man No Way Home, Fast 9, Barbie. That's it. Yeah, but there's also, like, if you look up any movie, there's, like, 10 showtimes. 4.30, 6.15, 7.25. Like, there's, back in the day, it wasn't, there wasn't, 
16 screen cinemas with four screens for one movie and like i don't know it's just part of the oversaturation of everything too there's more availability for it part of it's that part of it's the fact that it'll be in theaters and then three months later in the case of marvel it'll be on disney plus and there's yeah. a lot of people that are like oh i'm already paying for disney plus so i don't want to pay for a movie in the theater i wish this family was like that yeah but i mean that also, the theaters have never bounced back from COVID. I don't know how they're staying open. I don't either. I really don't know how they're staying open. Because the average amount of people that are in a theater, and I, I'd be curious. We go at various times, too. It's yeah. Not... I'd, I'd be curious to know from our listeners and their, their theater, theater experience. Been at, but in our case, I outside of the three movies I named, I haven't seen over 20 people in a movie theater since the pandemic. Yeah. So, uh, it's... I, I don't know how they're staying open. I mean, I I prefer to watch movies at home, to be honest. Like, I can pause it if I have to. I feel like we have a big TV. We can turn off the lights if we want to. Nobody's going to bother me. Like, Wait a second. We can. T- this is breaking news on the If We Can Just Say podcast. I didn't know that I could turn off the lights in the I living said room. We could turn it off if we wanted to. We, Odds are we aren't going to want oh, to. Oh yeah, that's. But she, I'm sorry. If you, she's talking about the royal we, meaning <laughs> her herself and her. That's all. If you really were like, hey, I'll stay home if you can give me the full movie theater experience, I'd be like, buckle up, partner. Here we go. <laughs> Highly unlikely, but you know. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But so, nonetheless, I mean, I say see it. It's a it's a Marvel movie. If you're a Marvel fan, see it. Yeah, and the girl the girl who plays and, Kamala Khan is amazing. Oh, I love her. She just reminds me of a little Kelly. <laughs> she was great. Like she was Kelly. She was great. Yep. Yeah, she was good. So, I, I liked Monica Rambeau. I think she brought a different attitude to it. Yeah. Where I found myself being like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd have reacted like that too, or I would have rolled my eyes at that too. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Recommend it. But yeah, absolutely, I would recommend it. It was good. In other news. Um, as you all know, Stephen just can't wait for me to start going blind and need glasses because that's the kind of love I get from my husband. He's convinced I was going to wake up on my 40th birthday blind, as you all know. So we went to the eye doctor this last week. Who came back with no glasses? Me, because I'm fine. Who came back with no glasses? Me, because mine had uh, scratches on the lenses, so I had to leave them for them to get sent away. Well, you wore sunglasses prescription on the way home, so... I was just copying you, that's all. I'm going strong visually. Yep. For those of you taking For another notes. year, it <clears throat> seems as though she won't need glasses. Wah, wah. Yep. What else is going on? You, uh, played, you had a video game day. I did. I did. I had a video game day in which I finished Last of Us Part 2 exactly 365 days after starting the very first Last of Us video game. So it took me a year to finish two video games. <laughs> I had to go sit in the other room with headphones on while I was reading because he didn't want me to get any spoilers for season two of Last of Us. I gave her. I already got one, but I'm not that like phased by it. I gave her a fair warning, like you're gonna. In get hindsight, I'm not spoiled. surprised by the spoiler. I know, like I feel like I feel like I could see that happening. Um, but I would say if you're a gamer and you also like compelling story, uh, Last of Us Part One, Part Two, absolutely fabulous games. I will p- most likely. Uh, try to play them again in a few years and, and enjoy the ride again. It it was a fun game, for sure, both of them. If you're Hallmark Movie Holiday fans, I recommend checking it twice and also Tis the Season to be Merry. <laughs> Did my holiday movie kickoff with my friend Julie on Friday. So nice. 
we did that. I also watched one with my mom on Saturday called Operation Christmas Drop, which is very good and also loosely based on a real event. We also started the horrific movie on Netflix with Heather Graham and Brandy called Best Christmas Ever, which was quite literally one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And we couldn't make it past 30 minutes. And that was me pushing it because I thought maybe my mom was enjoying it. And then she was like, I hate this. (laughs) So we shut that off. That was the worst overacting plot, everything. Jason Biggs, all three of them who were in like 90s stuff. Brandy had her own show, for heaven's sakes. Heather Graham was a real actress and stuff. It was terrible. Brandy had her own show, but nobody said Brandy could act. So no. let's just let's just stick with terrible. that. Terrible. I offense. I'm offended and as who, a viewer. And who, of who else was in it? Heather Graham and I mean, Jason Biggs. I mean, she's okay. Jason Biggs is not an actor either. They were I, all no, horrible. No offense to Jason Biggs, but I mean, American Pie was about as good as he could do. In my opinion, so horrible. So so far, you're two strikes on that on those two. Heather Graham, I mean, Heather Graham's she Heather Graham. Fine, and like the spy who shagged me, she was in other. It it was just incredible, like overacting, but also like the dial. Everything was just terrible. I mean, it's a Christmas movie from Hallmark. Oh no, it was, so it was from be. Netflix, and no, it was like a legitimately bad movie. Like Hallmark movies are what they are. You love to hate them. This movie was just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes so uh you you mentioned you and your mom you yeah. you two did a big shopping day yeah we did shopping we did like just like fun shopping tj maxx target and we did like thanksgiving groceries i'm so proud of myself i had a list for each store and i stuck to the list wow yeah that's I have impressive a couple, yeah i have a couple things to return i have one item i bought for you that you refuse to look at and I'm going to return it. It's not even a refuse. I forget that you left them at the kitchen table, so I forget that they're even there. He's been bugging me to buy him pillow. Can you buy me a new pillow? You're always going out. Can you get me a pillow? I bought him pillows. He hasn't touched them. I'm like, can you see if you like them? I'm not keeping these TJ Maxx pillows. I only got 30 days mm. to return. Yeah. After this podcast, you're going up there and caressing that pillow and telling me what you think speaking of we're recording on monday because yesterday i was recovering from having no voice pretty much for most of friday and saturday so that was fun it, you had a voice you just sounded like hi ladies hello i'm johnny <laughs> wow i don't think i sounded like that particular impression at all um but uh yeah that got away from me a little bit but nonetheless oh, it was a very it got away from it you. was a very deep voice ran away quick like speedy guns i was like quick. i'm sorry that you're not feeling great with that but i'm enjoying it yeah <laughs> not good so yesterday i didn't have uh much of a voice to record with so uh so yeah um, i was tired because i worked friday julie came over saturday i was out with my mom all day and then we went to my parents for the 17 hour aew pay-per-view <laughs> so it was a long day, so I it's just not a seventeen-hour pay-per-view, uh, but it did start. The pre-show started at seven, and unfortunately, in, in AEW fashion, didn't end till pretty much close to midnight. But they don't do a pay-per-view, but every like three months, so no, it's really but, not that big. But a deal. they do a show on Wednesday and Saturday. That's the exact same level of pay-per-view type matches, so there's no need for it to be five hours. Because uh, you know, I, I've talked about this with your brother. AEW doesn't does not have the ratings that WWE gets. I understand. So, so they they have to literally do 
a pay-per-view every show in order to get more ratings well, and to get more it? people watching. Anything to um, report back on? I can say that on the pre-show, we got Eddie Kingston in a match. Eddie Kingston's fantastic. He's one of your faves. I, I love watching Eddie Kingston, so uh, that was fun. Um, after that, we got Claudio versus Buddy Matthews. I, I would dare say that might have been the best match on the card from a wrestling standpoint. Those two guys are just absolute beasts. Those two guys are like legit athletes. Like in AEW, there's a lot of like Moxley crap and like nail matches and cut your forehead open matches. But like Buddy Matthews yep. now, right? Yep. And Claudio are like like legit, legit wrestlers. Like they're not going to be in there with theatrics. They're going to have like a good like match. Yeah, and and it was it was really good. Um I enjoyed that. Oh, uh Eddie Kingston was against Jay Lethal. Also, oh. once again, good match. Fantastic wrestling between with those four guys in those two matches. That was great. Um and then even uh MJF and Samoa Joe defending the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against the Guns in the pre-show. That that match was fantastic. To me the pre-show was more enjoyable than the main show. There was three enjoyable matches in that first hour that was great and then the show started. Um So that's my thing. Wouldn't you rather have five or six really enjoyable matches than five hours of like uh some is good some is bad yeah i mean like qu- quality over quantity um i can say from the main card standpoint uh the women's matches were both very good being uh tony storm beating hikara shida for the AEW women's championship tony storm is on fire right now she is the best woman in wrestling in my opinion right now she's killing it her match was great. She yeah. got the title back, much deserved. I literally said to your brother, and your brother was like, "I agree," and that was that. If 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 she does not win this match, then Tony Khan needs to recuse himself from AEW entirely. Because literally, Hikaru Shida, love her, but she is gets no reaction when she comes out, none at I all. No, and I don't know why she's just missing something. But Tony Storm has it all. Tony she's Storm. got an incredibly unique gimmick that you've talked about before, and she's a really good athlete. Sheeta is a really good athlete, but she doesn't have the gimmick. No. Same thing with the girl that's not even there anymore, um, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. She was missing it. Chris Statlander, they're missing it. They're good in the ring, but they're missing it. And yeah. to be a, it's not like being a basketball player where you can just be great on the court. You have to have a presence out of the ring, too. Yeah. And in the case of, you mentioned Chris Statlander, she defended her TBS championship against Sky Blue and Julia Hart. And uh, she lost the title to Julia Hart. Once again, when that match started, I was like, uh, Chris Statlander cannot keep this cannot keep this title. She It was fun to see her return and beat Jade Cargill and, and get a nice pop. And it was nice to see her back. I still think that was the wrong move. But she doesn't... Uh, she doesn't get a response when she comes out now, and that's nope. that is a that is a case with a with quite a bit of ADW talent that I'm starting to notice that they're not getting a reaction when they come out. And Tony Khan needs to do something about that. He needs to start recognizing the fact that Eddie Kingston gets a huge pop from the crowd every time he comes out. Put him on TV every week. I think that he needs to. Take the talent that he has instead of just throwing more and more talent at us and really work with what he has that's good and fine tune that as opposed to just throwing more and more. He's very quantity over quality over there in terms of matches, in terms of people on the roster, everything. Um, The main event was MJF versus Jay White and uh, it 
it didn't make sense story-wise because Adam Cole has been injured for a couple months now with a foot injury. He had to have surgery, so he could not uh, be in the match for him and MJF to defend their Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships on the pre-show against the Guns. So Samoa Joe took his place. Cool. Okay, so Adam Cole can't go, so Samoa Joe takes his place. Well, MJF gets beat up after the match and gets taken off in an ambulance, and now all of a sudden, Adam Cole's cleared to defend MJF's title against Jay White in the main event, which made no sense whatsoever. If he can't defend the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, then why is he in the main event against Jay White? And then MJF came back driving the ambulance, the old Stone Cold Steve Austin thing where he drives the ambulance back, and then he got in the ring and had had a match with Jay White. But that logic just didn't track. Well, also, I think it doesn't make sense because there's no way that that would actually follow through and MGF wouldn't come back to do the match. Everyone already knew that. So not only is it dumb and doesn't make sense on a whole nother like level, it would never even happen, even if it was possible. We've seen it too many times. Yeah, 100%. Um, but MJF won, and then there was nothing after the end of that match. That was the main event, but the main event for me, the match that I wanted to see the most, that was absolutely the best match on the card, Uh, good luck to anybody who had to follow after it because there was no beating this match, and that was the Texas death match between Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page. Mm, I like Hangman. Swerve came out with his music, had some dancers, his manager's dancing, they get down to the ring, Swerve is like mean mugging everybody. And his music cut off, and Hangman's music didn't even hit. He was sliding under the ropes and jumped Swerve and just started beating him up. Because in the storyline, Swerve went to his house. Broken. Broke into his house and filmed a segment at his house. So Hangman is like, you know, this is the end for you. Like, this is absolute revenge. You don't come into my house sort of thing. Their match, I mean, I'm telling you, I've not seen... I, I would put that in top three AEW matches of all time. It was okay. amazing. It was brutal. It had, I mean, they had chairs. They had barbed wire. They had a staple gun. They had duct tape. They did wrestling moves. They beat each other up with tables, put each other through through tables with used chairs. Like, it was it was a legit, took its name, Texas Death Match. Yeah. Um, and Swerve won. And Swerve should have won. Because Swerve is now in that position now. He's now moving into being the next top guy in AEW where he should be at the top. Because you you can give me anybody's name in AEW and you can put Swerve right next to him. Or above him in a lot of cases. I would say he's above probably 95% of that roster. His talent in the ring is insane. And if they let him go on the mic, which they did during this feud with Hangman... There's not very many people that can hold a mic to him either. So I, I was happy to see him move up in the ranks. So that was good. Cool. So. I was busy watching um, <laughs> Best Christmas Ever, which I canceled. And then my mom and I watched the Operation Christmas Drop, like I said. But then we also watched. So obviously my favorite comedian is Nate Bergazzi. 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 You know, it's hard to learn something new. Um, (laughs) Obviously, he's my favorite. So as my mom was dozing in and out during Operation Christmas Drop, as she does, uh, she was like, Steven's like, you guys got a whole nother hour left. And we were like, oh, God. So she was like, I need something funny. And I'm like, well, all I know is Nate Bergazzi. 
And she's like, see if Joe Coy's on there. And so she had me watch my first Joe Coy uh, stand up on Netflix. He is a trip. Oh, he's hysterical. I will say his last bit, I was like, this is a little lengthy for my time, my taste. But the whole beginning and like the whole like Filipino thing, my best friend is Filipino. And a lot of the stuff he said and a lot of the stuff he talked about his mom, it reminded me of like being at her house. And it was just hilarious. And he's like, it's all stereotypes. He's like, but stereotypes are funny because they're true. It's nothing bad. It's nothing <laughs> that he's saying, but it's just funny because it is true. Like yeah. Stephen will always look at me and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get my pumpkin spice latte. And he's like, oh yeah, you're, you're kind. Your white girls like your pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, that is, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So, but yeah, so I'm going to, I think I'm going to broaden my comedian horizons a little bit. What? I know. So I'm looking for recommendations. I don't like raunchy. I don't like, um, just saying inappropriate off the wall crap for just for the sake of it. Like Anthony Jesselnik, he's not my kind of comedian. Um, so if you guys know anybody who is not, not as raunchy, I mean, it can be some raunchy. Like I like Ali Wong. She can be a little like, she can be very, <laughs> but I don't, I don't like tons of like swearing. I don't like, I like creativity in the comedy. I don't like just shock factor for the sake of it. Yeah. So knowing that Bergazzi's my favorite, but I also have dabbled into Ali Wong and Joe Coy is a possibility. Let me know if you got anything for me. Also, you, I, I've, I've seen you laugh at uh, oh. Jim Gaffigan, and I showed you a Brian Regan bit of him going to the eye doctor after we went to the eye Brian doctor. Brian Regan is growing on me, but it's sort of like how Jared said you ruined Brian Regan for oh, him because you, you just like push it so much. And I feel like I was getting there and I had to sort of block you and just sort of look at it on my own. <laughs> so you didn't ruin it for me. <laughs> but I totally get what Jared is. Like you were like a dog with a bone sometimes on stuff. And I just want to swat it out of your mouth. Uh, ask me who my favorite comedian has been for the last 25 years. Mr. Ogle, who is your favorite comedian for the last 25 years? Brian Regan. Oh my gosh. Didn't see that coming. Nobody did. Yep. Brian Regan. Hilarious. There's nobody. Uh, he, he is funny. He is funny. It's it's he's the goofy. way he words things and his like voice he uses. He doesn't impersonate Jim Carrey in any way. But like when you watch Jim Carrey do stand up and he goes into like a different voice that's like you know it's going to be funny because I'm doing this voice now. Yeah. Brian Regan's kind of got that quality. Yeah. Not at all like saying it's the same as Jim Carrey, but it it just, you know what I mean? And most of the time that voice is what he thinks he sounds like. Yeah. Like yeah. it's his dumb sound voice and it's fantastic. Uh, so. I, another one that, uh, that, that I like that's probably right next to him is Isla Schlesinger. I hope I say I hope I'm saying her name right. I think she's hilarious. Who's the girl that you keep sending me on Instagram? Oh my gosh, what is that her girl? Name? Oh man, that girl. I would like I would like to see she's her. Very I don't even funny, know. If she, and I don't she know has she, a very um. I don't know if she's very got a dry delivery. Um, I'm looking right now. I know. I think you like just sent me one of her. I did. Uh, Brittany Schmidt. Yeah. She is hilarious. She is funny. Very yeah. dry. I, yeah. I Dry delivery, deadpan delivery. I feel like I'd like to see her whole skit, though the fact that you sent me 20 videos and she's in the same pants the whole time, <laughs> perhaps I have seen her whole skit. Anyway. Yeah. And I think uh, the first time I saw something from her, I want to say Ricky sent it to me. That's a... 
Oh, uh, I, I think you're thinking of that other girl with the cargo pants. Okay. Because I sent you one from him, and then I sent you one of hers, and then he sent you one too, but they were different ones. Okay. Yeah. All right. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So the state of the world is like, well, whatever, um, and I'm not like in the mood for it. So with thanks, big Thanksgiving upon us, want to wish happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And I looked up some like Thanksgiving trivia in lieu of an in the news. We've just got like Turkey Day edition. Okay. So, so what do you got for us? I've got a dozen Thanksgiving fun facts. A dozen? Yeah. All right. right. So feel free to, you know, follow up with a question, a comment, whatever. Let's make it interactive. Okay. Number one, 704 million pounds of turkey are eaten on Thanksgiving. Wow. That literally makes me want to throw up just thinking about that much turkey. I just thought to myself, wow, I'm going to contribute to that. And honestly, turkey is the least thing I eat on Thanksgiving. (laughs) We always eat either ground turkey or ground chicken during the week. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Yet it's funny because whenever we get honey-baked ham for Christmas, I always get the roasted turkey as well. Yeah. But there's something about Thanksgiving turkey. I don't know. I'm going to eat some this year because I certainly need to eat more of that than the other things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right no, as next, we no. as we segue into the fact that individuals will consume an average of 4500 calories on thanksgiving that's about three days worth of your caloric intake average for about a woman at least 4500 and and that's not even just one day that's one meal in that day you're gonna eat a little something in the breakfast in the morning or you're just gonna be starving till Thanksgiving dinner and you're going to eat something a little bit later because if anyone out there tells me that they don't go back for some sort of like room temperature leftovers a couple hours after they eat they're liars <laughs> 4,500 calories though Ooh, that's a lot oh my gosh I feel like my pants getting tighter just thinking about that Ooh. also cranberry sauce is the most hated side they say which I feel like would be the best thing to eat for heaven's sakes. It's a fruit. Um, I I have a thing that says that that wasn't actually at Thanksgiving the uh, back in the day with the pilgrims and stuff. They didn't do cranberries and uh, they didn't do pumpkin pie either. Yeah, they did pumpkins and cranberries, but yeah. not cranberry sauce or pumpkin pie. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. They now. also didn't do turkey either. Right. So who know? I don't yeah. know where all this stuff came from. Yeah. Who knows? That wasn't in my fun facts. The largest pumpkin pie on record is from Ohio, and it weighed 3,699 pounds. That is insane. It does. It bothers me that it couldn't be 3,700, but that's beside the point. How did they even do it? How, how do you, when, the, when they show things like that and like the world's biggest cookie, like where do they make it? How do they? No idea. Like I want to see a picture of this thing. How in the world do they cook that? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. And to round all that out, the most popular day in the U.S. for running races is Thanksgiving. So it's like you're going to get up, you're going to run this race, you're going to get yourself hungry, you're going to tackle the day with getting some cardio, and then you're going to down your 4,500 calories. <laughs> so I don't know how many calories you burned on that uh, turkey trot, but it wasn't 4,500. Um, was, was it at all? Do you got more? Yeah. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Cool. I don't know what number you're on. You stopped giving me a number. That was number five. Okay. Number six, Butterball will field over 100,000 turkey questions on their turkey hotline each year. So those of you out there 
who are not sure if your turkey's done, what temperature to put it on, all of that, call the Butterball Turkey Hotline. That is, They're there for you. That is hilarious. I know, right? I also found this one to be interesting, that TV dinners came about because Swanson overestimated how much turkey people wanted for Thanksgiving, and they had a lot left over. And so one of their employees was thinking about, like, airline, like, food, and was like, why don't we portion it and add some sides in a container, and we can sell it to the people. And that's how they started TV dinners. Wow. Yeah. That was number seven? Yes. Wow. I know. Yeah. Wow. I know. So, also, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? Yeah. They say 28 million people will watch that parade annually. We'll be two of them. Oh, boy. And that back in the day, Macy's had no plan for deflation. And so, when the parade was, like, over, they just let their balloons go. Just let them go. Float off into wherever. Really? Yeah. That's so weird, right? That's very strange. Yeah, I know. Hmm. So, anyway. One would have thought they would have, like, kept that in... Like, use the material yeah. for a different float or something. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Three more. The football tradition predates the NFL yep. and started with a Yale versus Princeton game. Yep. So there was that. Yep. And then I've got two more. Jingle Bells was written in 1857 as a Thanksgiving song originally called One Horse, One Sleigh. But it was re-released two years later with a new title of Jingle Bells and made a Christmas song. That is weird. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And last but not least, and I think it's going to make a lot of sense, Black Friday is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. Wow. Eating those 4,500 calories, it's got to go somewhere. Wow. Um, yep. Th- the one thing I will add to your list of things, making it a good prime number, number 13. Oh, my God, you nerd. Um. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday on October 3rd, 1863. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. So So, there's just some fun facts you can share with your family over Thanksgiving dinner. The cool part about that is that the lady who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb convinced Lincoln by writing him a letter for 17 years. She wrote letters to him. To make Thanksgiving, yeah. To make it a holiday. Sarah... Josepha Hale. And Thanksgiving used to be only recognized in like the north or in like a certain part of the country. And now it, because of all of that, it became like national. Yeah. So enjoy your day, everyone. And Absolutely. I just want to leave you with two SNL skits that you can watch as well <laughs> on this turkey day. Cool. If you guys remember the Reebok Pump It Up shoes, they had the little basketball on the tongue that you would like pump up. Yep. We don't really know what that pump did. But SNL made a, a skit called Pump It, and it's a Thanksgiving edition. It's with Chris Rock, and it's a turkey that has the pump it on it. <laughs> and so he sings a song to it, and they're pumping the turkey, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger for Thanksgiving. It's oh, excellent. Oh, my gosh. And then also, if you guys remember when Pepsi came out with Crystal Clear Pepsi, yep. SNL did their Crystal Clear Gravy skit. Which I feel like is on brand for Thanksgiving and straight up disgusting. Uh, so, so the crystal clear gravy skit and the uh, pump it skit, hilarious. Wow, that sounds that sounds really gross. So that is what I have to leave you with for Thanksgiving. Um, and also go Lions. Oh uh, yes, generally. Yeah. Oh boy, uh, they they play. I don't know how long they've been playing on Thanksgiving Day. I remember sometime. 
around about 2012 or 2013, I saw that they had played somewhere in the like 65 or 66 times or something like that on Thanksgiving Day, um, and that they had only won about a third of those games. So uh, hopefully this year's team does better. They've played um, every year since 1934, starting by playing the Cubs. The only year they missed um, was, let's see, hold on a second. Oh, boy. Oh, their first one was in 1934, and then they started consecutively every year in 1945. So from 1945 on, they've played on Thanksgiving every year. Yeah, so they're coming close to 80 years of playing on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. Yep. Wow. Yep. The winning so. percentage is not great. They're below 500 on winning on Thanksgiving Day. So hopefully they uh, inch closer to 500 yeah. this year. Um, yeah. And then uh, uh, also in regards to Thanksgiving, uh, for those of you uh, Michigan fans, the Biggest rivalry in college football history. Uh, the teams that have played each other the most. Uh, the 1,000-win team, Michigan Wolverines, mm. versus uh, that dumb team in Ohio, the Buckeyes. Yeah, those stupid people who made that giant pumpkin pie. Nobody's going to eat that thing. I'm, oh. su- I'm surprised it wasn't a Buckeye. Well, it, for Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's, no, just for Ohio. You know, I would expect oh, something out of Ohio for them to just make a big Buckeye for Thanksgiving and think that that's a, that applies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, this is I'll be I'll be at that game by the way, so yes, that'll you, will. You'll, you guys will get a full review on that next. Yeah, week. you'll get to hear him crying about how cold he was. So I just want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. This is going to come out the Tuesday, two days before Thanksgiving. I also want to wish my mom a happy birthday. That is going to be on Wednesday, the 22nd. We will be celebrating on Thanksgiving, which is her favorite holiday, as you guys know. Yep. Um, just want to say, I know the holidays are hard for some people, but we are sending you good vibes for those of you who are, you know, experiencing loss or your first Thanksgiving without somebody. You know, we love you and we're there for you. And we are very, very grateful for this life we live. So we will be, uh, you know enjoying that on thanksgiving yep and i would like to say uh for those of you uh listeners that knew my dad um if you're uh if you got to experience getting a deep fried turkey from my dad um then uh i would say that uh he was happy to be the person to supply that to you and uh i would say that he would probably tell you to eat up because that was his favorite holiday of the year was thanksgiving because he loved to eat so i said to you yesterday i think your dad and my mom could have whipped up one hell of a thanksgiving uh, dangerous um and That's also what i said dangerous i am looking forward to reporting back in the spring when steven deep fries his first turkey and keeping that tradition alive so yep. everybody happy thanksgiving happy and we thanksgiving. are going to sign off the podcast with the fan favorite album anniversaries Album anniversaries. All right, so uh, we are going to also keep with our new new thing of doing an re- album review on our blog. So yes, thank you to those, those of you that looked at our blog. We got some blog hits, which was really appreciated. Um, I'd yep. lo- we'd love some feedback. Yeah, I'd, lo- you, I'd love if to. You got it, um, but yeah, we enjoyed doing that. I think exercising a different, you know, written as opposed to yeah, yep. oral. So, uh, we got a couple couple albums on here. This is our last like big album anniversaries of the year. After this one, the, it, it, it's going to be each week is going to be a lot less than normal. So, uh, this being the week of Thanksgiving, 
is kind of like, uh, I guess, tradition for mu- musicians to release a lot of albums during this time. And then after that, it just kind of kind of fizzles out for the rest of the year. But we'll still have some, but it won't be as much. Uh, starting off, 40 years old, the fourth album, live album from U2, Under the Blood Red Sky. Um, this album, I remember as a kid, I remember my parents having it on vinyl and playing it a lot. It had a song on there that when I was a kid, I was three years old. And I was learning how to talk, and I could not say Sunday Bloody Sunday. I said Someday Buddy Someday. I feel like that fits. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So every time I think of you two, my dad, I, I think of my dad looking at me and making fun of me for saying Someday Buddy Someday. Uh, but, yeah, great album. I like it. It's also got 40 on there, which is a good song. And, uh yeah, I, I recommend it. It's a short album, but it's live, and it's U2 in their prime in the in the early 80s when they were really great. So. I don't listen to a lot of U2 because Bono bugs me, and I know I'm callous and evil, and everybody loves Bono because he's such a good humanitarian, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> so anyway, um, what's next? <laughs> so uh, next up from 1995, we have Bruce Springsteen's The Ghost of Tom Joad. Uh, this album is kind of, I feel like, as a Bruce fan, I feel like this album fell under the radar big time. I don't even hear my Uncle Wayne talk about this album. My Uncle Wayne will do Facebook posts with four paragraphs about about uh, Bruce Springsteen. So, The Ghost of Tom Joad, the actual title track is the first track on the album, and it's arguably the best track on the album. But the rest of the album, it's, it's acoustic-based, and he had done an album called Nebraska pr- prior to prior to this, like years prior. And this is kind of like a second volume almost of, of Nebraska. Nebraska is done acoustically on a four track in his kitchen. I don't know how he recorded The Ghost of Tom Joe, but if you like Nebraska, you will like this album because it's really rustic and acoustic like Nebraska. So, which it was at the time in 95, people didn't expect that out of Bruce for him to do that again. And then, like I said, I feel like it just fell under the radar. I started listening to some of it at work today. It is very like raw raw sounding and just i i it's different i'm like i've listened to tons of bruce springsteen in my day but i've never listened to that album so i was like oh this is different i'm like i actually only was able to listen to a little bit but i'm like i need to go back and actually like listen to it yeah i i think bruce is at his best when he's doing raw acoustic if i'm being honest and rustic and and like grunge not not 90s grunge sound but i mean like like greasy dirty dirt grunge like I got you. acoustic sound, you know, just like it's just raw. And I, I like when he's doing that kind of stuff. Uh, last week, I mentioned Jay-Z's The Black Album in 2003, and we thought it was going to be his last album. He had said it was going to be his last album. Well, <clears throat> three years and seven days later, he came out with Kingdom Come. He came back. I don't think he left. I mean, he legit left during that time. He didn't do any other well, music. Yeah. But this. Not for us, anyway. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this album was fantastic. It, it was a way of coming back on the scene and coming back on the scene in a very like, I'm 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 here and I'm still the greatest. Like it, he had Kingdom Come, Show Me What You Got. Um, he did a, he had Pharrell on there. He had John Legend, Beyonce, um, Chris Martin from Coldplay was on there for Beach wow. Chair. Like. He pulled out some stops for this one and was a like, lot of variety. you know, like I've been gone for three years and I said that was my last album, but I decided I'm going to do more. And this album was great. And it was his, his eighth album. So like, but he came like it was his first album. It was great. Nice. 
Um, John Mayer Trio released a live album called Try. And this is the album that changed my mind on John Mayer. I had heard his pop stuff, but I wasn't like, I didn't like have his pop stuff. You're a sucker for a guitar, man. I knew the stuff on the radio, but then I heard John Mayer Try, John Mayer Trio Try. Um, and it's blues. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, who is this? It is. It's good. I like it. Um, he covers Hendrix. He covers Ray Charles. Uh, it, it's fantastic, though. Yeah. Uh, like, he does. There is no running through the halls of your high school on that album. No. And this was the first time I ever heard Gravity. Mm. And I was like, oh, and Vultures. And it's just like, man, yeah. he he did something with this album. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back and listen to all this stuff now. And I went and tried to find everything I could. And I've been a fan ever since, but yeah. this was the album. This is where it actually started for me. 2005, 18 years ago, man. Like what a great album. Good blues album. Um, next up, if you like some dubstep, we've mentioned kill the noise in the past, yeah. his very first album, moving out of house music into dubstep. It has a good blend. If you like electronic house music, but you're not sure about dubstep, this is your gateway album right here. It's definitely more mellow than I'm used to with Kill the Noise. Yeah. It's more like house than um yep. I liked it. I was still able to, you know, listen to it while working out and stuff, get you going. But I definitely was like, Oh, this is it's got less, a groove. It's less though, less like pump, pump, pump. Yep, but it's got a good solid groove. It's the kill, kill, kill EP, uh, which if you look at it on Apple Music or Spotify, it's listed in the albums, not in the EPs. Uh, but yeah, from 2011, Kill, Kill, Kill by Kill the Noise. Um, an album from 1993 that's a re-release of their first album, Ace of Bass, The Sign. You were like... I'm only putting this on there for that song. That is a great song. They had three singles from that album. All That She Wants, Don't Turn Around, and The Sign. Yeah. It's a great album. There are Generations ABBA. ABBA, whatever, however you say it. <laughs> They're great. Like You don't get a lot of Euro pop happening anymore. You know, it's a re-release of their first album, Happy Nation, with two extra tracks. The two extra tracks are The Sign and Living in Danger. Yeah. So, like... Man, it, this was a huge. This was a huge album. This was everywhere. It you was can good. still go to like cassette. a mall. You can go to a mall and you'll probably hear the sign. I while remember you're there. going to the mall and buying a new pair of jeans and the Ace of Base cassette. Yep. And it was one hell of a Saturday. Let me tell you. Yeah. My mom was. I thought she was gonna lose. I thought her brain was gonna explode if she heard the sign again. <laughs> uh, well, I could say this much. I mean, if you go into Target, you're probably likely to hear that song Maybe. at some point in time during during the year somewhere. So, uh, yeah, there's still, that song still gets played. It's a good one. Yep. Um, I like to talk about The Chariot on this on this podcast. I'm a big fan of The Chariot. Uh, their fifth album, Long Live, is now 13 years old. Great prime number. I, that's my favorite oh my prime gosh. number. I love 13. Uh, but The Chariot, Long Live, this album is, they have a song, I believe it's song number seven, where it starts off with the guitar player. He's actually tuning his guitar, like, because they record live in the studio and stuff, and they actually just kept it of him tuning his guitar to start the song with like feedback and stuff. That's cool. It's it's fantastic. I I am I love what like Josh Scogan has done with sixty eight, and I like those albums. But I miss the Chariot. The Chariot. The Chariot was just something different, man. They were they were unlike anybody else. Um, and their their albums are fantastic. I recommend Long Live. It's such a great album. Cool. Um. 
What else we got? Oh, we got a few more. Next up is a band called Copeland. They released this album called, I don't know how to pronounce it, unfortunately, I-X-O-R-A. How would you pronounce that, babe? Uh, Zora? 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 I would feel like that. Maybe something's got to be silent. Yeah. And an X is normally pronounced as a Z. So I'll just say Zora. Um, They released this under like uh, a, a... a crowdfunding campaign and okay. it wasn't like an elaborate campaign it was just like look donate this money you'll get this package donate this money you'll get this package so shirt package hoodie package or whatever but all the people that backed their campaign got a second version of the album and it's called twin okay so what they did was is they recorded each song twice with a different instrumentation. You li- you had me play some, hear some of this. Yeah. So like they'll have a song that's totally just piano and the lead singer. And that's the version of it. And then on the twin album, it'll have drums, guitar, bass, and the lead singer on it. And then when you play the two at the same time, it mashes up to make a full song. But if you listen to them separately, they sound like full songs. It's just, it's like a super song. I will say I preferred like the piano ballad. Yeah. I felt like the song that you played for me anyway with it combined, I felt like the music was like fighting each other. Sometimes it can feel that way, yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, so they basically set it up to where it's like, yeah, put this in two different CD players, press play at the same time and you'll be able to hear a super track. I said track. to you, I'm like, how are you going to do it? How do you do it now? Yeah, I don't know how you do it now. There's somebody on YouTube that mashed the tracks up yeah, and, and put them together. Um, but man, it is it is fantastic. And then for all of us that backed it, they gave us an extra song on both albums that's done the same way, and that's not even streaming anywhere. So I don't know if you didn't back the album, then you won't get that final song. Snooze, you lose. Um, but yeah, fantastic concept. Uh, good. It, it's mellow music, but it's rock. Um, I've liked Copeland for a long time, but this this album was next level. It was a good idea. Um, if you folks like the Everly Brothers, there's a group, two people that got together that I never thought would have ever gotten together, and that's Billy Joel from Green Day. It sounds like you're saying Joel. It's Joe. I know what it is. And Nora Jones. The two of them got together and did an album called Foreverly, of which they did the Everly Brothers song for song, a full cover album of songs your, our daddy taught us. And it's fantastic. I would have never thought that these two artists could get together, let alone sound like the Everly Brothers. It's it, it's it blows my mind that the guy from Green Day can do this type of music, and that Nora Jones can just like Nora Jones can just like zoop, just slip in and just go right with it, man. It's so great, but it's called Foreverly. From me, two things. One, it's okay. I am a big Everly Brothers fan, so I thought it was like okay. I didn't. Like, love it. I felt like she was hard to hear on some of the songs. But oddly enough, I did not hear him say Billy Joe. I heard him (laughs) say Billy Joel. So I'm listening to this going, this guy does not sound like Billy Joel. Like, this is so weird that Billy Joel and Nora Jones got together to do this album. But I don't know what's weirder, that or Billy Joe and Nora Jones getting together to do the album. What's weirder is, is that I said to her, Billy Joel from 
Green Day. Don't you guys wish there's that commercial where the couple's like arguing or whoever's arguing. It's not flag even on the play. a couple. And they're like, flag on the play, replay, let's look at it, see who. Oh my gosh, my wins would be tick, 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 ticking off if I had that. Not even close. That's that's a lie. Next. Um, Rage Against the Machine released their live album 20 years ago, live at the Grand Olympic Auditorium. I mean, it's Rage. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Next. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It's great because they may never play live again, so go listen to the live album. It's totally uncalled for. Um, Sum 41, 21 years old. On the same day, Sum 41 released Does This Look Infected and System of a Down released Steal This Album. Awesome. The the steal this album from System of a Down. There was no uh, book artwork, and the front of the CD looked like one of those CDRs that you burned music with back in the day, CDR. and it looked like it had a, uh, uh, a like a sharpie. It was written oh, in a sharpie. Nice. That's funny. Yeah, okay. so it actually looked like somebody stole Where the album. Where I'd be like <laughs> alt radio mix number four. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, fantastic. In one of the songs, uh, they you the guitar player pulls out the uh, theme from Night Rider. Nice, like it. It's pretty nice. cool. Pretty cool for his like guitar solo in the middle of a song. Um, but yeah, I, I love that album. It's great. And then of course, Sum Forty One's uh, does this look infected was absolutely brilliant. A good follow up to their first album. Um, I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Nice. Um, And then my last album is the second album from uh, the man. You may know him from the Fast and Furious series. Vin Diesel. Ludacris. Oh, oh. (laughs) Word of mouth. Uh, Word of mouth. Mouth. M-O-U-F. Word of mouth. I know. That's what I said. It hurt (laughs) a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure at 22 years old, this uh, this album is. I'm pretty sure I know 95% of the lyrics I'm to it sure still. You so, uh, Ludacris seems like a cool guy, though. It's definitely my favorite album of his, hands nice. down. Not even not even close. But cool, I, cool. I like all his stuff, but that's his best album. And that is it for my album anniversaries this week. So Excellent. going forward, they will be much shorter for the rest of the year. Um, as a reminder, we are still doing our blog. So we do have two albums yep. that are on the anniversary list, Sixpence, None the Richer, and Cat Stevens. So yep. those two albums will be reviewed Wednesday and Friday of this week, and we'll post for and direct you to our blog. Yep. Those are two of our favorites on the list, so that's why we chose to write about them. Yep. Yeah, the, we we both have a connection to those two, and it's it's easier just to write about it than it is to talk about it here on the podcast and take up a lot more time on the podcast. So, yep. so thank, it'll be cool. Thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, if we can just say 918 at gmail.com, if we can say .com. I think if we can just say, oh my gosh, I forgot the just. Okay, y'all know what it is by now. Any new listeners, you just got to roll with it. Um, like, listen, subscribe. Please share. Please give feedback. We want to hear from you. I mean, heck, we're hearing a lot from us. So this is a real one-sided relationship, and we're getting sick of it, frankly. <laughs> so we'd like to hear from you. Once again, happy Turkey Day. Enjoy your family, your friends. Have some fun. Have some much-needed relaxation. Try not to spend all your money this weekend. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>